Greetings and salutations from the newest Russell Wars podcast. I'm your host, Mighty NorCal. This week, I have returning my regular NFL contributor, Ty, the Equalizer Berna. We'll be going over the NFL draft. Uh, but of course, but of course, we're going to start off with wrestling and give you some of that. Um, first of my open, just like to uh, make sure that everybody knows that we will be covering a lot of wrestling. We're going to be, the second half will be dedicated to the NFL draft that just happened this weekend. Um, I got actually from some of our British listeners, I got some decent feedback on them that they the last time they listened was a, was a learning experience and they really enjoyed uh, how in depth we went into some of the some of the things we talked about. So we'll be trying to do that for you and get you all set. Um, and then from here on out, whenever I have Ty on, we're going to be doing NFL divisional previews. So if your favorite team has not been discussed just yet. They will be in the near future as we'll be going over our thoughts on uh, every division coming up. We should be able to get all of them wrapped up before the NFL season starts and get you guys set up. Uh, as far as foreign open, for things that have happened this week just for me, um, I have seen a lot of people complaining about last night's Floyd Mayweather Manny Pacquiao fight, to which I have to laugh and mock them for because... I don't know if any of you... A lot of you act like you've never... And you know what? Maybe because it was such a big fight, maybe some of you never have actually seen a Floyd Mayweather fight before. But what happened last night, there was literally no other option to what would have happened or what could have happened besides what happened last night. Because it's Floyd Mayweather. That's what he does. That's how he fights. I watched a fight of his about, I don't know how many years ago, seven years ago, against... Oscar De La Hoya, we paid to watch it, it was really expensive, and Floyd Mayweather ran away from Oscar De La Hoya for 12 rounds and threw 50 pillow punches at him, and he won, and I was like, I am never paying for another Mayweather fight again. After this, it has become clear that he is a serial woman abuser, um, and so then, furthermore, there's no way I'm ever paying money to watch another one of his runaway and hide fight fests. So, I don't know what any of you thought you were going to get, but you got the only thing that was ever coming to you by paying money to watch that fight. Uh, so, on that, without further ado, I'm going to bring in Ty, the Equalizer, Berna. We're going to go over some wrestling. We're going to cover the draft. What's going on, Ty? Hey, man. How's it going? Did you, you said you didn't pay for that fight last night, did you? Hell no. Hell no. I went and rented a, a Jason Statham movie for like five bucks off Voodoo and watched it. It was like one of his, not one of his big movies. It was like Wild Ace or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Funny as hell. I enjoyed it. Well it worth was, it. Uh, probably a lot more action than than the Mayweather fight. Yeah. I got a funny funny story involving Jason Statham. There was this uh this girl who I'd been going back and forth uh, talking to. We'd been traveling down the road but hadn't hooked up yet. And um, finally, it came down to where we were going to get together and, and hang out. And um, we both, she she kind of liked the old kind of cheesy-ish 80s action kind of, I mean, and I know it's not the 80s anymore, but he's kind of in that mold a little bit. And she's right. action star. And so, we, you know, she thought it'd be funny. Oh, oh we'd go on our date to uh, see a Jason Statham movie. And then um, we went to one. I have, I can't even remember what it was called. It was one where he was um, working with a network of spies and, um they had betrayed him and he was training a new spy or something like that. It came out in, I think 2011, I want to say, but, um, 
So we get in there and we're watching this and there is just gratuitous sex all over the place in this movie. And I'm just looking at her like, <laughs> what kind of movie did you pick? What, what kind of boy do you think I am? It was pretty funny. Pretty awkward. Um, <laughs> so speaking of awkward, let's go move on to uh, Roman Reigns and his promos. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, triple Threat this week was set up for payback. Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. Uh, excuse me while I get my pillow and blanket out. That's what I'll be doing. I'll bring a sleeping bag with me to the show in Baltimore. What do you think of that match coming up? Uh, they're protecting Reigns by letting Rollins pin Orton. I mean, it's pretty clear as day that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, man. They've been killing it with the triple threats lately, though. Yeah, it has potential to be a pretty, a pretty decent match. Um, I could see I'm... Rollins bumping around a whole hell of a lot for both guys, being the glue that kind of holds the thing together. Yeah, but Reigns and Orton didn't have a good match last year, though, no, together. No, they did not, no. And I have no interest in seeing Rollins and Orton in the same ring again That was actually, while. if I remember correctly, kind of the beginning of the downfall of thinking people thinking that Roman Reigns had a chance to be what he was being set up to be was right. his match with his one-on-one with uh, Orton last year. So they yeah, definitely. definitely haven't meshed well in the past. But, you know, Reigns, is, he's he's grown a little bit since then. He definitely has, and I don't know. I would just like to see them hold him out of the title picture just a little bit longer. Just a little bit longer to keep on building him up, to keep on building him up as some sort of monster face. Um, right. Keep on having him pulverize people, you know. And then Rollins will have gotten past all the challenges that he thinks he's going to have. He'll be talking shit. And then, bam, Reigns' musical hit. And then everyone, you know, you'll get the oh shit pop. Um, I just don't think it's been long enough to, I mean, he won one match, you know, like, okay, it was a big match, but I don't know. Well, you know, Rollins is supposed to be like the, the, like, oh, he's almost like the ultimate, like chicken shit heel. Yeah, champion, yeah, yeah you know? he is for sure. Which is fine. But, uh, you know, like they, the Reigns versus Rollins for the title should be way bigger, you know, like a way bigger stage than just a random Yeah, oh yeah, especially since Rollins and Reigns have had really good matches in the past. There's no right. no reason to to not let them uh that and, and and it sucks because it's so it feels pretty blatantly obvious that right now we're in a transition period where we're just kind of waiting around for Brock to come back. I think if you're going to have one of those great breathtaking like awesome matches between that Reigns and Rollins have shown that they're capable of having with one another, it should be in a situation where you think a title change might actually happen. Right. It'd be pretty damn unbelievable. Like, like Rollins would have to get, like, a compound fracture during this match for me to be like, well, maybe they will change the belt. <laughs> Other right. than that, I don't see it happening under any circumstances. I just wish they'd, you know, they got so much focus on Kane and Rollins, you know, like Kane and Rollins, yeah. like, arguing right now. It's just no interest in that whatsoever. I'm glad the Reigns Big Show thing is over, though. That is... I mean, they had a decent match at Extreme Rules. Oh, they had a like, very fine match at Extreme Rules, but it's... Which surprised, definitely... the, surprised the hell out of me, at the very least. I was ready to take a nap, you know, before that match started. Well, sir, if you would have listened to the last Wrestling Wars podcast, you'd have heard me and KB predicting that that match was going to exceed expectations. And it <laughs> did. So, I'm glad we were right on one thing. This is a... Hopefully, that streak of rightness will last into the second half of this in the NFL Draft. Because this is going to be, like, the first... The first time that me and you are going to go out there and put down our opinions 
as far as the NFL goes. It's going to be the first thing that people are going to be able to look back upon and be like, do these guys have a clue what the fuck they're talking about? <laughs> so I hope we do good. Uh, uh, let me go Let me go change my teams then real quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold on a second. Uh, I'm feeling sick all of a sudden. Um, Hold on. Is that, my, is that my wife calling? Hold on a second. Yeah. Elsewhere in, in, in wrestling this week, we had a King of the Ring, uh, and we crowned King Barrett. I think we all thought there was a pretty good chance that he was going to win because the gimmick uh, fits him. And I'm actually pretty excited to see what they what they end up doing with that. If, they, if there's any sort of change or, or if they emphasize it this week on, on Raw, what would you think of the King of the Ring tournament and uh, Barrett winning? Uh, I wish they would have had a couple of different participants in it. Yeah, uh, I think they were, you know, they left a lot of potential out there. Like they would put Ryback in there, and you know, instead of our truth, you know, stuff like that. I think it would have been a far more entertaining tournament. Yeah, but you know, Neville, it pushed Neville quite a bit. I mean, Neville has been his push is doing really well. I think, you know, they're not pushing him as the next big thing, but there's just kind of a slow, steady increase. Like he's, yeah, yeah, you know, he he's faced some of the bigger guys and lost, but now he's starting to win against them. You know, type of thing. That was yeah. a pretty good match, and they 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 put Barrett over in a way that did not hurt Neville at all. So right. I really liked that. Um, so that was yeah, that was well done. I, I thought it was it was it was fine. It seemed like it was a little bit rushed or like a little bit unnecessarily fast. From when you know you're on your own network, it's not like yeah. you're gonna get charged for overrun or you know whatever. But I know they taped it the same night they taped a SmackDown, and you only have a crowd hot and full of energy for so long. So. They didn't want the show stretching to four and a half hours or whatever. I saw a live report that said the show uh, was a little over three hours. So yeah. I guess that, that plays a role in trying to push through King of the Ring pretty fast. Oh, one thing they could have done instead of that is have the tournament on Tuesday for like, maybe make it like a three-week tournament. Like you just have your quarterfinals one week, your semifinals the next week, and then have like a big thing for the final yeah, well, I, well, I like to have the semifinals and the finals the same night because that's the original, well, suppose, yeah. the original incarnation of it from '93 uh, and before, before it was on TV. Um, right, let me have the tournament let me, the same night. Right, let me rephrase it then. Let's make it a bigger tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that leads and, up to it. That would have been good, absolutely. And then if you if all else fails, have the semifinals and the finals on a pay per view. That you could know, be like, a, that could be a cool way to uh, to push an NXT guy. Um, I know I know Neville was kind of filling that role, but. You know, give NXT guys, have one, you know, if you start off with a huge field, say, of 24 people, 32 right. people, and one or two of them are NXT guys, and they're like, hey, we're just going to give them a chance to be in the tournament, and then you have, like, a Cinderella story, kind of like March Madness, you know what yep. I mean, with one NXT guy winning and making his way through the tournament, that'd be a cool way to introduce somebody else or do something, because Neville was already kind of a big deal before the tournament, I'm talking about a fresh face, just come up from NXT, hey, this guy has some decent credentials, and have him have him go on a little Cinderella one. Hey, like, Sammy. Sammy Zayn. Yeah, yeah, somebody perfect. like that, absolutely. Sammy would have been perfect for something like that. Yeah, you know, because he's he's the type of guy that you know he he his his selling make puts his opponents over. So when he every match you see Sammy in, you know he looks like he just got wrecked by a you know by a semi truck, yeah, and makes a absolutely. huge comeback. So he makes people get invested with how, you know, his big comebacks in his matches. You know, like I think that would have played perfectly for like a King of the Ring tournament for him. Speaking of you know, Zayn making comebacks, are you excited for the Zayn Owens match that is now set for Takeover? Yes. On NXT. Oh God, yes! I cannot wait for that match. This is—I think this is going to be a completely different animal from their first match uh, for the title. I—I I don't know if they need to put a gimmick on it. I've heard—I've heard in places that they've had some 
somewhat decent ladder matches in the past. <laughs> can you can you back that up? Yeah, I heard there was a war yeah, involving them, something, something like, like that. that. Some, some pretty crazy things. I actually I actually didn't see the whole match. I just saw, I, well, you know what I saw. <laughs> I saw <laughs> what finish. everybody was talking about. Whatever, yeah, like the the triple thunder bomb flip power bomb through three ladders or whatever the hell it was. Right. I don't exactly remember, but uh, it was insane, and they can definitely work a pretty crazy gimmick with that. Um, but you're right. The first match was so good. That they don't really need to put a gimmick on. It's not really necessary. Uh, but I wouldn't be mad if they did. Either. Right. Even if even if it just made it like no disqualification, just simple as that. No DQs. Just let them go. Just run, go ham on each other. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, what'd you think of the? Uh, I have to every week. Gotta throw it in my Dana Brooke dedication segment. Well, but we can we can throw into we can throw in uh, some other diva development down there too as um. Well, they're not divas down there. They're women wrestlers. Yes. Uh, Emma, I think that's kind of weird the way what they're where they're trying to go with her with evil Emma and like I don't like her old gimmick was really over down at NXT and it was kind of over on the main roster but like they kind of well they put it with the way that they presented it and they didn't really give it a chance. I think her whole um her whole well, cap- that- caper of going to jail kind of fucked everything up. Right. Because the well, gimmick was sort of getting over. Well, you remember when in NXT she was, you know, she was uh, spouting about the evolution, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, the black and white promo, you know, and her standing at a podium, like that's pretty legit, man. Like, and she even had like, uh, you know, she had signs in Raw when she was starting to show up on Raw, yeah, like that. Like they could have done something with that, but instead they just put her with Santino and then, which, yeah, which was not a good start. But... Tied, tied, an, tied an anchor to her foot and dropped her in the sea, basically. And then she got arrested, and here we are. Yep. I just I just worry about it because um, she was trained you know in a really good school and she's was a, is a very good female wrestler uh, has put on some really good matches with Paige down there mm-hmm. in NXT so I I just worry that they're gonna heel turn her and it's gonna not work and then she might be gone so I hope that's not what happens I hope she finds her footing and finds her way um, Dana Brooke kind of a slight improvement from last week uh, she. She's uh, it's gonna be like us talking the NFL draft here. She's got a lot of the athletic tools. <laughs> yeah. She just needs a lot of time in the ring right now. She's got to work with. I say she, yeah. I say she improved, but then again, she was with Bailey, who's a who's a veteran, and she, Bailey yeah. was clearly like yanking her all over the place. Like, okay, uh, now we're going here. Okay, now we're going here. Okay, now we're going here. Like, right. totally leading her, but that, you got to do that's it, fine. man. That's I fine. mean that. We we keep forgetting NXT, even though we like to think of it as like a an, its own individual brand, which it is. It is also a developmental brand, yes. yes right. Yep. You know, so you're gonna get some people who are pretty green. Who right? Yeah. It's not gonna be like when they bring in a Tommy and Owens and you know and Finn, you know, like where they've had you know ten plus years experience in the yeah. history already. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Dana Brooks one of those ones that oh she's hot, she looks good in a bikini, and she's also a fitness you know like yeah has a big time oh. athletic background. Right, it's just that she's got to learn how to wrestle now. She keeps uh, training down there with old with old Del Sarah. Ray. Sarah, yeah. yeah. I mean, she'll she'll improve. She'll get better. She'll oh, get yeah. better. Well, uh, I mean, even Sasha Banks and Charlotte, they were pretty yeah. rough around oh, the edges. Charlotte too. was awful when she started. Right. Awful. And I told, like I said on a couple podcasts ago, Sasha Banks looked looked like a creator wrestler on a video game that somebody <laughs> just left the basic template on and didn't do anything with her. Like, she right. just could not have looked and wrestled more basic and, like, cookie cut right out of nowhere. And now she's probably the best female wrestler 
on the on the uh, in the mainstream right now. Right. Uh, so shout out shout out to my girl. <laughs> shout out to my girl Sasha Banks by the yeah, way. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> hope. There's hope yet. Um, and our last piece of wrestling news. Uh, apparently on some sort of a conference call, uh, Hulk Hogan made a claim that he mentioned to Vince McMahon that he wanted to have a send-off match at uh, Mania 32. Um, now, and, and Vince McMahon agreed. Now, on the one hand, off the top, you know, I remember the fact that Hulk Hogan is a giant fucking liar and snake oil salesman. So, I don't know if I even believe that that conversation even happened, especially since it was on a conference call a promotional type deal. That's just Hogan being Hogan. Mm-hmm. At the same time, is it a good idea? Like what I mean depending to me it depends um depends on who they can put them with and how they're going to do it and how they're going to work it. This is the type of situation where it would be really really good to have CM Punk still around because Punk could you know, take you know, take the piss out of him, cutting promos on the way into the match. He could bump like a fool for him and make the match passable. Um, just well, shit, look, look what Punk did when he had his match with uh, Vince McMahon on Raw that one night. Well, with with Vince and um, I mean he he did his thing with uh, the Undertaker too. Yeah. I mean, in case anybody hasn't noticed, they've been putting guys who can bump their asses off and take care of Undertaker. They've been putting him with guys like that for the last six fucking years. Since, you know, HBK, since Mania 25 at least, um, they've been putting Undertaker with guys who could take good care of him. And that's why Punk was, was chosen, I think. Um, so I just don't, I don't, I mean, what's Hogan's back stat? You know, his back has been shred apart yeah. by what, like I've, eight I, surgeries? I've already said that I think that um, a tag match, a big tag match like Hogan and Cena against Rusev and somebody, you know, would be would be a solid deal or something right. like that. Like they got to give him in a, in a tag where where he's not gonna have to bump that much. He can take a hot tag. He can hulk up. He can do all this, that, and the other. Um, he'll do the leg drop and then break every bone in his back, and they'll have to stretcher <laughs> him out. But no better way for him to go out than I mean, to me, it's only it, if he's medically cleared, if he can make it without getting badly hurt. To me, it's only right to have him be at the show that they're going to break the attendance record with and since he was a part of the first allegedly the first time that the indoor attendance record was broken I think it's only right to, for him to be a part of it if uh, he is medically cleared well, it would be kind of a cool sight to see Hogan and Cena team up oh yeah oh yeah for sure absolutely uh, I mean Rus- you know the problem is they're doing Cena and Rusev right now for like the third pay-per-view in a row oh god <laughs> So I'm kind of, no, one, two, fourth pay-per-view in a row? Yeah. Uh, fourth? Fourth, yep. Yeah, okay, I'm kind of done with that. Yeah. Um, they don't really have, you know, like the whole Cena and Hogan thing would be, it would have to be America versus some evil foreigners. Yeah, well, you got yeah. Barrett, you got Seamus. There you go, Barrett and Seamus. United Kingdom. They could, <laughs> they could call their team. Right. Uh, Speaking of uh, Mania 32, do you think they're going to, what do you, how do you think that's going to work out with the with the the attendance record in that stadium? Well, that's a huge stadium already, you yeah. know, for football games. What are the what is their average uh, crowd size for? Well, the I think Cowboys? their capacity with added seats for a football game is is just just in excess of a hundred thousand. 
the current, those were, the yeah, current those were indoor attendance game. record for basket, but it was for the NBA All-Star game, and it was something, 107,000, I think, something in that right. neighborhood. Um, the thing with Mania is they have the huge stage. So how many seats is that going to cut off, and is that going to stop them from setting that record? Could be, because if you, you can't put anybody behind it. Nope. So that could be an issue, but or you can also... Or McMahon cut down on the stage and could just purely go for the record, which I would be 100% totally down with. I right. love the big stages. I love, you know, that, that part of it, that part of the concept of WrestleMania. However, well, it's only, it's only time we get any sort of customized stages for yeah, paper nowadays. Play, so. God, don't even get me started. Uh... I love that part of it, but I, I also would like a really old-school look of just, you know, like the old-school WWE sign over the curtain, and then the rest of it is just seats, just seats everywhere, just fans everywhere. So I'd be actually pretty happy if he decided to cut down on the stage a little bit. And... Well, even if they were to, like, you know, make it smaller than the one they had in San Francisco this year, even just a little bit smaller, I think it'd be it'd be all right then. Because, you yeah. know, even, even compared to, like, the NCAA, like, the court still takes up a good amount of space still, whereas the ring area doesn't. You know, it's a small area there, so you kind of gain some spots there, but... Yeah, yeah. You know. I don't know. I'm sure there's people who are who are paid for this that know more about it than we do that are probably right. going to be paid to figure this out. So I really hope they do, and I hope they can get that attendance record. And really, they should they should spare no expense. Obviously, I mean this is this is going to be the granddaddy right here. So, yeah, you know, bring everybody back. I think everybody who is has any sort of a name should should show up on this show. They should have like four matches, and the rest of it just be crazy stuff with legends and and people who have helped build to, you know, the apex of where we're going. So early uh, WrestleMania, real early WrestleMania 32 uh, main event prediction. Originally, I had, I think they can do Lesnar and somebody. Lesnar is going to be the champ or going for the belt. Um, you think they do Lesnar, Lesnar or The Rock? Well, no. Uh, it depends on the Rousey situation. I'm 100. Yeah. percent I think that Rousey and Rock against Triple H and Steph is is big money, big time. That was my my original card was uh, Brock, possibly a Brock and Reigns rematch. Um, Rousey and Rock against Triple H and Steph. No, that's right. I, I forgot about the Rock and Triple H thing. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think that I don't think you want to do Rousey versus uh, Steph by itself. That would be because I could then do you'd a have whole to podcast have... on how fucking ridiculous that would be. <laughs> like I cannot, I can't even fathom. I can't even fathom them even considering. Like I don't know how to put this into into a context that's more obvious than just simple facts of the situation, but Ronda Rousey has beaten Olympic medalists in under 30 seconds. So how can you possibly get anything more than 10 to 15 seconds out of Ronda Rousey against a regular person like Stephanie right. McMahon? It's just not, not feasible. It's not no. possible. And... It's completely fucking ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. In a mixed tag... You can have the sort of thing where Triple H can come, you know, 
and and bump for Rousey a little bit in some some interchanges where you know obviously it's supposed to be male versus male, female versus female, but you'll get get them crossed up. Well, Triple H will try to jump in front of Rousey and try to protect Steph, and she can flip him through the air. And you know, the whole match will be Steph trying to tag out and run away from Rousey. And right. There's, there's a, just a lot of really good ways that you could book a pretty fun entertaining 10 to 15 minute match out of a mixed tag that ends up with somehow Steph has to get in there and she has no choice. And then obviously Rousey flips her and arm bars her in one swift movement and we're, we're headed out. That would right. be perfect. That'd be a great way to do it. I, I'm actually you know, really hoping that does happen. That mixed tag. And not only that, but then you have rock and triple H that, you know, they've been around the block a few oh, times. Yeah, against a legendary each other. rivalry, legendary you know? rivalry. So, so you can get can some, and so you, you can never some pretty... know who's gonna who's gonna st- who's gonna spring up and 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 rise to the cream of the crop. I mean, um, I think we all saw Roman Reigns coming last year, but Seth Rollins being so heavily figured into the into the main event picture, I don't think you know too many people would have predicted that at the end of Mania last year. So I, you almost have to have Rollins in the main event, don't you? He's he's their top heel. I mean. Uh, yeah, basically they're the, he's their top heel. Who else do you have? Well, like Les- I said, you can do another, you can do a, a Lesnar Reigns rematch, and there's a bit of a built-in story to where, you know, yeah, Reigns Les- felt Les- he was right there, close to winning it last year, and then Rollins fucked him over, and you could you could you could spin it that way. Yeah, but Lesnar has kind of become more of a kind of became a face after. Oh, he absolutely is. But so unless they know, turn Reigns heel, which <laughs> turn Reigns heel, turn Reigns heel, man. Yeah, we'll we'll see how things go. I've I've Good. been preaching that he has heel heat coming off of him, like crazy. Anyways, I mean it's pretty easy, man. Have the authority turn on Rollins. Reigns is their anointed guy. Yeah, could be, could be, could be. Yeah, I mean I've been pitching that idea since before the before the Rumble, or right. right after the Rumble is when I started pitching that idea. Um, I think that would have been solid. Still could happen. Yeah, they just um, gotta do. There could be something. You know, they gotta do something with the authority other than little in-house squabbling and all that shit, you know, like, it's... Let's do something with this, you know, like, the authority storyline is going nowhere other than we have two GMs, basically. Speaking of heel turns, what's going to happen with this Lael Collins situation, sir? Um, That's crazy. He's an undrafted free agent. Right. Uh, So somebody's just going to be able to sign him. He's going to be able to pick where he goes. For the uninitiated out there, let me give this a short summation. There was a offensive tackle, which is a blocker, for all my Brits listening. He's a blocker. It's a big guy. Blocks for the runners and the catchers, basically. Uh, he was going to be a first-round draft pick this weekend. Was looked at many as the top prospect for an offensive tackle. And his ex-girlfriend, um, unfortunately, was uh, shot, was murdered during the week leading up to the draft. And she was pregnant. And she was pregnant. Um, The police did not claim that Collins was a suspect in the situation. They just wanted to talk to him. He was a person of interest to uh, help them get some information on where they might need to go with this investigation. Just based upon that, no NFL team drafted this guy. For seven according, rounds. According to him and according to his agent, he has a airtight alibi of where he was at and what he was doing, and this should not be a problem past 
going in there and answering some questions. Um, and just giving the police some information to help them out with their investigation. Just based on that, no team drafted him, and so he's basically just out there. Now, the impact of this can't really be described to anybody who doesn't, who isn't real familiar with how the NFL draft works, but this is a pretty huge thing that this guy's just out there and some team will be able to sign him and add them add him basically to their draft class it's like having a whole nother top 10 draft pick um yeah it's crazy what do you think man uh can the vikings sign him tomorrow right, <laughs> right. <laughs> i know we dropped we drafted three linemen but i wouldn't mind getting that on top of all we else we got but yeah um really depends on what they're questioning is him yeah. for you know like is it do they you know they didn't name him a suspect but you know that's always cop talk for you're not a suspect but we're interested in where you were that night yeah you know yeah. type of thing or is it you know we want to see if you're the father of the kid yeah he's who, going down there to take a paternity test also they right said. I, I mean that's to me that to me sounds like and that's what i said during draft night i'm like you know the, the story that's coming out here and the the proof and the pudding are not matching up Right. If he's just going down there to help them out with the investigation, why did nobody why is nobody touching him? Like nobody even it looked like nobody even considered drafting him. Like that just doesn't add up. Like it seems like there's more to this like you, than what's coming out in the public. Right. Like if, if if there wasn't anything there but you have a seventh like the last round of the draft. Yeah. Why not yeah, take yeah, a flyer? Why you not know? take a flyer? Like if, like if, you and I are talking that. If that's all it is. So that makes me think it's not all it is. Right. But he's sounding like he's pretty adamant about making, you know, clearing his name. Well, if you were trying to get away with murder, you probably would be too. So true, but <laughs> just you probably it. wouldn't be. You probably wouldn't be as outspoken and adamant about it yeah. at the same time, though. Yeah. So who knows? It's it's weird. You know, if if it's just about the paternity test, then you'd think that would that's what what it came out like. We just want to make sure if you're the dad, you know, father of the baby or something. You know, if your alibi checks out. We yeah, but if he's cleared, um, I hope uh, Slick Rick's got the number on speed dial. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> that'll be interesting to see how that all works out. Um, speaking of things that were interesting, we were waiting to see how they checked out. Uh, the draft ended up being quite a bit more ho hum than both of us seemed to think it was going to be a couple weeks ago right. on the podcast. Uh, everything was pretty straightforward. wasn't really much trades. Really wasn't. A whole lot of craziness going on. Um, yeah, the first round didn't have a whole lot of overreaches. Well, you know. there was there was a few. The Giants there overreached. Was a, the yeah. Falcons overreached, even though obviously you disagree with me. Um, uh, I I thought those two teams overreached. I was surprised that the Jets got Leonard Williams all the way at six, and then proceeded to reach on every other pick they made besides Bryce Petty. But there's that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it almost followed it to the T for a lot of the mock drafts out there, too. I know, like, Mayock was, like, his first five picks were on the money until, uh, I think it was, actually, it was, like, the first eight picks he had almost on the money, and then the Giants kind of fucked it up for him. But Yeah, well, they fucked it up for themselves, too, so. Yeah, that, too. <laughs> um, so, who do you, you have as your, your top classes? What stood out to you? Uh, Cleveland, man, they did really good. Yeah, uh, I got them, too. Plug and play starters. I'll, you know, throw, they, I'll throw in my my uh, analysis as well on this one because I had Cleveland too. So go ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, like, they didn't do any of the sexy picks. You know, they didn't go get a quarterback, even though there was – I think they were trying to go up to get Bryce Petty, I think, Yeah. later in the draft. But that's not a first-round quarterback. Um, I mean, they they stood put with their two picks. They got some really good depth. They got plug-and-play starters immediately on their team. Yep. Um, my number one my number one thing when, when looking at um, draft classes, just as me personally, different people have different things that they evaluate on. Some people, <laughs> like you, uh, like to look at uh, potential and growth potential just as much as you do anything else. Um, personally, I look at who impact starters, contributors, starters yep. and contributors that they got for this year who are going to be out there kicking butt next year. And it looks to me like the Falcon or the Browns got at least uh, four. They got um, Nate Orchard, who's going to be rushing the passer like a crazy man. Um, I was really hoping he would go to the Niners, uh, led the nation uh, in sacks for a season and sacks per game for the last two seasons. Um, so that's a big time Ed rusher. They got Cameron Irving out of Florida State, who was a big time left tackle coming out of high school. Didn't work out for him at left tackle. He went to center. But he will start somewhere on that offensive line, probably be, on the right side at the right guard yeah. or right tackle. Yeah, he'll be at right guard. And uh, so Danny's... he's going to be a solid starter for them. They have a strong, uh, solid, young offensive line. And, of course, yep. big Danny Shelton, who I was very upset did not blast all the way into the 49ers. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's the big he's the, he's the the big key for them big right time, there. Big time. Who's going to uh, be the man in the middle in that defense, who's going to really build up that defense. And, uh, I mean, he's going to wreak havoc. Um, I liked how they focused, you know, focused on the big boys in the trenches. That's what you got to do in the uh, AFC North, playing yeah, big, they got, big boy football out there. Yeah, they also picked up Xavier Cooper in the third round, so that's well, another D tackle. Well, don't forget as well, um, Duke Johnson. Yep. Who has big playability, fast. Uh, he's a running back out of Miami. Um, was, he's not going to be a third down or a three down back for him, but no. But he's going to definitely help out and make plays. And they have a lot of plotters in that background. Crowell. Yep. Um, Terrence West. West, they're shifty, but they're not really. They don't really game break. They don't really make big plays, take off down yep. the field. Right, um, and that's kind of what that's what Cleveland was missing last year in their offense. That's absolutely. why they, you know, they were kind of hoping with that with Josh Gordon, but you know, he couldn't put the bong down long enough. That is enough, the thing. So. Speaking of Josh Gordon, my only negative that I was going to come out of this with, um, and I'd say the same thing about the 49ers, is that the we had back to back historic levels of talent at wide receiver in two years straight and the Browns managed to get nobody from both Nada. drafts at wide receiver and that's that's tough that's a tough pill to swallow um, to not get anybody I like what they did but when that, it comes that, right that's, down to it that's Ray Farmer's MO though man he doesn't believe in drafting receivers round one well he can believe that they're going to keep being shitty if he wants to <laughs> stick to that I mean right I mean, they picked up some decent, you know, they got some decent free agents. Um, you know, they got some young guys they got last year, too, coming up. You know, I think really... they'll, they'll be all right. I really like what they did, but I don't know if it's going to be enough to get them over the hump as far no. as a, uh, as far as in, in that division with no quarterback and, and no Well, uh, And to be fair, that, 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 divis that division is so brutal anyways. Yeah. Yeah. But you they got us. Uh, your number two. Uh Oh, my team, Minnesota. Oh, okay. Homer pick, go ahead. Yeah, I did. Love what we did. Uh, I mean, our defense is going to be stout next year. 
We got Trey Waynes. You know, he's going to be yeah. starting off, yeah. starting across from Xavier yeah. Rhodes. I would have liked, liked to see him in a Niners jersey. That'll be good for that press coverage. You guys got a lot of big, big corners out there. Yep, and Harry Smith in the back. Uh, yep. I just wish we got a safety to go with that, but you can't get everything in one draft, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I love I love that pick. You get to you know do the go the Seattle route, get your secondary, just just on you know cover everybody. You know, you guys need it in that in that in that uh that division with the Packers yeah. up the road there and um the Chicago Aircourt. as well. Yeah, Chicago, even Detroit too. Shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, Detroit got the big time air game too. So you get the secondary shored up. Got to have two corners. That, you know, got to have two good corners. Uh, yep. This will allow Munderland to go into the slot position where he's better at. Hopefully he'll rebound from last year. Uh, see, then we got Eric Kendricks, which is probably my favorite pick of the draft. Which yeah, I, gets the team back up with uh, Anthony Barr. Going been for an athletic look back down the linebackers for you guys. Yep. I was begging for that because we need our desperate need of an inside linebacker. Um, fits the bill perfect. He can cover from side from side to side on the field. Uh, great tackler can cover everything, almost everything you'd ask for for a middle linebacker. You know, he's probably not going to be the superstar middle linebacker of your like your Lawrence Taylor or anything like that. But you know, that's that's okay. I need a I need he's a starter immediately. Yeah, in our, yeah, yeah. In our defense, you know, I'm down with that. That's two and that's, at least two uh, right off the bat impact players. So you know, that's I'm, huge. I'm down with that. Uh, then we got Daniel Hunter, who's a lot of potential. He's got all the physical tools. Six foot five, two fifty, runs a four five forty. All right. I, that's just that's just sick, man. And our, you know, we like to rotate out our pass rushers a lot. Okay. And so okay. he'll be so able to he'll, so he'll be able to get in. He's not going to be a starter um, per se, but I can see him playing a lot. Uh, needs some coaching up, but Zimmer is like the guru of getting the max out of his players. Yeah. I mean, you look at Minnesota from. 2013, you know, they were like 32nd in the league for points allowed per game. And Zimmer took that team with little change at all. I think we had Anthony Barr as like our only addition and made it so that we were like the 10th best team in scoring allowed all right. in, one, all right. in one year. And so he's going to take a lot of guys. He's got a lot of young players on defense. He's going to keep taking those guys. Uh, Daniel Hunter is just like uh, Everson Griffin and Anthony Barr. Roz Hell is going to coach him up. Okay. I think he'll He'll take over Robinson's spot sooner than later, and I think he could be a just a beast on the. Did you guys DM. pick up a receiver? Um, we'd got Stephon Diggs. This is a who... concern, dude. Um, no, he's a he's a he was a game breaker at um. He's kind of in a Darius Hayward Bay type mold. Yeah, he's a Swiss. He was, he's a he was a, a Swiss, Swiss Army knife. Uh, yeah. Fast player, fast switch player. Um, I don't know if I he's like ever going to be a one, but he could if he no, develops, he could help in the slot and as a kick returner. He's he's, he's he's not going to be a one, but you know how North Turner likes to have that. Yeah. Oh yeah. One of those guys that player. are yeah. yeah multi-function players. So I think that fits perfectly into our offense. Okay. Uh, I know we still got we got Mike Wallace, we got Charles Johnson. Charles Johnson can be a good possession receiver. Wallace takes the top off. Um, Jarius Wright's still good in the slot. So it's just kind of up to Patterson can pick it up and start figuring out how the hell to run our goddamn route. Yeah. Um, I think we'll be all right at receiver. We picked up a tight end as well, that Michael Pruitt. Okay. Um, from Southern Illinois, he can. It's not real athletic. Um, he's a good tight end. God damn! How many of you guys got like four or five tight ends, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we do. But uh, the, the the problem is Kyle Rudolph can't stay healthy. Competition. Oh, well, I know that well. I know that well. He's um, foiled yeah. many a fantasy football team for other oh, yeah. people, not for me, because I don't draft players like that. But right, uh, T.J. Cummings uh, or Clemmings, sorry, he's great value at the fourth round. Man, like he was like a top 
round one, round two. Yeah, I heard that. Tackle. Heard that. Uh, the only thing he's got, he's got a stress fracture in his foot he's dealing with. Okay. So if that can get fixed up, uh, we got a steal at tackle there. So that he could push Khalil to and maybe that's, figure out. And that's out. good because you guys got. Um, I know, and I know this because I I regularly pick uh, the Vikings for my franchise team on Madden. You guys got a lot of older and very highly paid offensive linemen. So it's good that you threw a lot of draft picks at that position to yep. start cycling some people out and freeing up some cap room. Yeah, we were, we were really weak at depth at, at tackle last year, and it showed as soon as Lodholt got injured. Uh, it went downhill on the right side. Fusco, but we'll get Fusco back this year, and Sullivan's still solid at center. You know, the whole right, like from center to right side of the line is just stout. Um, left guard, I'm still a little concerned about. I'm hoping, uh, was it Austin Shepard? Uh, we got him real late. I'm hoping he can develop into something. Uh, we still got David Yankee, who could be something. Uh, and Khalil's got to figure it out or he's gone. He's just- Sweet name sounds like a sounds like somebody who would team up with a Dash Wilder and uh, on the mechanics. <laughs> fucking yeah, I'm, Yankee, I would I would be down with that. Some right. sort of guy who'd be teamed up with a uh, Zeb Coulter and fucking Swagger back in the day. <laughs> um, my second team I had on here was uh the Dolphins. Like I said, uh, guys who are gonna play, who are gonna start, be, have an impact. Uh, love Devontae Parker going to them. Um, because I have Tannehill in our franchise league fantasy football team and he's going to help big time he's a, a could be a solid two or possibly a true one someday uh big fast got everything you need um was looked at by some many people as being not that far off from the number one guy in the entire draft uh amari cooper so i'm pumped about that jordan phillips the defensive tackle they took has a ton of ton of potential um, probably can still get into the rotation right off the bat. Um, he's going to be playing next to Sue. It's going to make that defensive line uh, a nightmare to deal with. He's going to not have to face a whole lot of double teams, I don't think, because Sue's going to be wreaking havoc on the other side. And they also got one of mine and yours favorite players, Jay Ajayi, um, running back out of Boise State. Real fast, strong player. Uh, was, was pretty much their whole offense at Boise State last year. Um, I could foresee... I could, I mean, I don't see who would exactly would stand in his way as far as um, who we'd have to be out down there. Uh, Lamar Miller's been pretty underwhelming. Um, I think they cut Noshawn Marino. I don't even know if he's still on the team. Um, Ajayi has, has a lot of ability and would fit really well into that offense. So I could see him being an impact player as well. Um, yep. What'd you think of the Dolphins class? I think they did really well, too. Devontae Parker um, is going to help out that wide receiver core for Tannehill. No excuses for your boy anymore. None. I'm excited. None of, no excuses for any of you when I crush you in that league this year, too, motherfucker. Anyway, Kneel down and ahead. kiss the ring, bitch. Oh, my gosh. You're so – that is <laughs> – that will never – that no, whatever. You didn't even have to play me in the championship game. Because so. you couldn't make it to the championship game, son. Because, like a fool, what? I played three Eagles players at once, and they decided not to show up. That was hey. my mistake. That wasn't nothing that you did. It wasn't because of nothing that you did. That was my mistake. <laughs> Anyways, hey, back to the Dolphins. So you got to make it to the game. Uh, all right. We're we'll to talk shit. We're going to see. It's okay. <laughs> back to the Dolphins. Uh, Ajayi, yeah. who's going to beat him out for that running back spot? Do you think he's going to get get some decent some decent uh some decent think, action down there? Yeah, they'll probably they'll probably start Lamar Miller to start out with. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ajayi will probably bust out, Work I think. His way in. Um, I know I got him a target for my for our draft. 
Yeah, yeah. In August. Um, yeah, he was a steal of the fifth round, though, I think. Cause he fell because of that knee concern, though. Yeah. On bone. No ligament at all. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's no ligament, but it's some sort of degeneration that has got some issues. But well, on that, and I can understand teams being afraid of that, but at the same time, you don't draft running backs to be like, oh, well, this is going to be the workhorse of our team for the next seventeen years. years. Right. Like running backs are usually done in four or five years anyway. So, but at the same time, there's a lot of NBA players that'll they have no ligaments in their knee either. Okay. Um, I yeah, can't think right. of the top of my head, but I know there's a few of them that. Their ACLs are so shot that's just straight bone on bone, and they don't have yep. a problem. Uh, it's completely different compared to a running back, obviously. But yeah. you know, there's a comparison out there to be made that it can be done. And yeah, if he's do- maybe doing this this fu- just fine with it so far, I don't see. Yeah, what- I mean, he was tearing people up at Boise State, so there's no reason to think that he can't continue to do that uh, yep. in the NFL. Who's your next team? Um, I got Atlanta down here. I also- <laughs> okay. I know. Explain I know you're not. Go ahead. All right. Um, I like Beasley. I was kind of hoping maybe he'd fall to us because we need a... Well, he should have because nobody had any business picking him up at 8 where the fucking Falcons picked him. But go <laughs> ahead. I like Beasley, though. Um, good pass rusher on the outside. Raw. Kind of you know, kind of like Anthony Barr last year. Had no business being taken where he did, but he worked out. Uh, Dan Quinn's an, obviously an excellent defensive coordinator. Hopefully he can coach him up, get him thick in the right, and I think he could be dangerous. Uh, Jalen Collins helps out their cornerback because they were in dire need of yeah, secondary. Yeah, they definitely were. That was a solid so, pickup for them. So that was a good need and value pick. Uh, Tevin Coleman. Gonna start. Oh, nobody. Oh, they have nobody. Nobody. He's gonna be out there and he's gonna be awesome in that offense. Tevin yep. Coleman, I really would have liked to see him in a Niners jersey. Man, that guy I'm, was I'm, a monster at Indiana and was was slept on. Slept. I don't on. know. I don't know if y'all picked up on this, but there seems to be a recurring theme for NorCal. This. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of players coming up that I wish. I'd love been. To oh, my next team is going to be another player that that I wish was on the Niners. Um, yeah, uh, I can see that. I just the only dissidence I take with with it is just I. Cole or not Cole Beasley? Why do I want to keep fucking calling him that? Vic Beasley. Um. It might not even be in the league anymore in two more years. Like I seriously, he has the biggest flame out um, potential that I see out of anybody yeah. in the first round, besides the guys who fucking get in trouble. Um, like, I mean, I, I can agree with you on that. And he's they got took a him really, at eight. You went yeah, number eight. I he's think. got a he's got a real he could he could be a Dion Jordan 2.0. Yeah. Or he could be the scariest goddamn outside linebacking rusher and seen in many years. Man, I just just those it's, highlight it's packages were not good. They just so many but plays you, you could see him just giving up, like not but not a lot of effort, like shutting it down. Um, yeah, it's gonna be up to it's gonna be up to Dan Quinn to get the best out of him though. But that's a really good coach to lean on that to do that though. Yeah. What what didn't you say? I, I I do think so, and I think that Dan Quinn sees some of Bruce Irvin in. Vic Beasley, um, that's another guy that, that the Seahawks were derided for taking yeah. as high as they did because he doesn't really play the run. Um, Big-time pass rusher. He got a lot out of Bruce Irvin. We'll see. I yeah. I agree with the rest of the picks were pretty good, but I just – I then, it yeah, then they got taking guys, somebody that high who might not even end up being an NFL starter. Right. But even if you take that out of the equation, you know, then you got Justin Hardy who I thought was – very undervalued. Uh, Very undervalued. Yeah, they, they got him in the fourth. I wanted him. 
Uh, we didn't get him, but I like him, so I think he'll do well again. You know, on opposite side, because who else do they have a receiving core? Because they let Harry Douglas go. Well, they got uh, still got they got White they got Roddy's White and Julius. Yeah, they got Roddy White's uh, decomposing corpse. Man, Roddy White is it's Roddy Lazarus Pool Wright because <laughs> he fucking is. Whenever he got the chance last year, when he was healthy, he tore it up. I had some good fantasy contributions from him. But he, it's any day now. Any day, he's, yeah, he has he's, to be done. Yeah, he's you know he's on his last legs all of a sudden, yep. and it's kind of sad to see because if, it would have been nice to see him and Julio. Even though I don't like Atlanta, for some odd game back in '98, uh, I don't like Atlanta. But it would have been nice to see Julio and Roddy White just tear it up as two like number ones, with Matt Ryan at quarterback for a number of years. But it seems like he's already slowing down. Oh yeah. Sure. But I think you could say the same thing. I know some people have been saying the same thing about Megatron since last year, though. He gets hurt. I don't. He gets hurt a lot. Yeah. He's starting. Last... To, starting to starting to wear. He's starting to wear down a little bit. Right, but that was that's because he was the only offensive weapon for how long? Yeah, true, true enough. Um, my next team was the Panthers, and as a recurring theme, we'll continue. A guy I really would have liked to see to go to the Niners, Shaq Thompson, was their first round pick. Um, I highlighted him in our draft preview. Um, a do-everything player. Uh, has played every defensive position. Fast, rangy, a hard hitter. He's a team captain. Um, Where the hell does he play, though? Just every... That's true, but I thought it was funny that they had Thomas Davis was the man who announced the pick for the Panthers, and he's basically introducing the next Thomas Davis. Right. Thomas Davis came into the league uh, after playing linebacker, but he was a safety in the NFL. Um, Shaq Thompson might be something very similar to where he played linebacker, but they're going to play him some at safety. They'll play him in, in the slot on the big nickel uh, for an extra linebacker slash safety. Um, they'll find something to do with him, and he's going to be out there making plays, especially since he'll have the freedom when you got a guy like Luke Keekley on the inside uh, keeping things locked down. They also got David Funches, bunches of Funches, to pair with Kelvin Benjamin to give Cam Newton crazy red zone options between, you know, you're talking between him, Kelvin Benjamin, and Greg Olson. You're talking a core of guys who are all 6'4 and up, which no team in the NFL can really can even touch that as far as um, who they're going to have to cover him and, and as a comparative skill position uh, players. Right. The only thing with Funches, though, is he doesn't have a whole lot of speed. He has no, issues. No, he doesn't. But his catching's not the greatest. We've seen people um, overcome lack of speed before. Yeah, I mean, that's, speed's not the biggest issue because obviously you're not drafting this guy for his speed. You're drafting him because he's six foot four. Yep. You know, but he's got issues catching the ball. He doesn't catch it, you know, off his away from his body. You know, like if you're a receiver, you want to catch it with your hands. Yeah. Away from your body, he catches it with his against his body, which is prone to drops. People um, had the same concerns about Kevin Benjamin. Yeah. So, but my biggest problem with the whole Carolina's draft was, um, are they, how the hell are they going to protect Cam Newton? They took an offensive guard in the, in the fourth round. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's it. I mean, are you really expecting Michael O'Hur to be worth a shit protecting Cam Newton? I mean, it's great that you got all you know, you got David Funchess and you know Calvin Benjamin, but uh, and well, Greg no, Olson. They count on that run game to keep the pass rush, um, keep the pass rush honest. So. That's the that's just the concept we're going with is they're gonna run 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 the ball um, to keep it so you're not rushing a ton of guys. But I just thought that they could have done a lot more. Uh, Shaq Thompson could have been I think he was gonna be in the second round. I think they could have got him then. 
um, yeah, Funches, yeah. you know, like their their value for their picks probably wasn't the greatest. I would say because I think the they greatest, even... but everybody's going to contribute. Um, right, you know, and they tra- a guy who they did get value on is uh, Cameron Artis Payne in the fifth round. Right, um, who's a game breaker, who is a uh, big time fast uh, fast runner, good receiver out of the backfield, make a lot of made a lot of big plays down at Auburn. Um, yeah, I mean the, in, the inevitable. And he'll probably be a starter with the inevitable Jonathan Stewart injury. The inevitable so. Jonathan Stewart injury. Artis Payne might not be a bad thing, bad guy to look at as far as um you know keeping track of what he does during the you know camp and preseason. Might not be a bad guy to target in uh, deeper fantasy leagues. Either. I just don't like I just don't like going near Panther running backs for obvious reasons. But yeah, those days might those days might be over. That's true. But yeah, I just I didn't like the value Carolina's picks. They seemed like they reached a lot. For at least their first, their first two picks they reached on. You know they traded way up there to go get Funchess, which, hey, more power to you. But I just felt like they could have done a lot more to get some people in there, beef up that offensive line. They would have done that. I think Cam would have a hell of a lot better year. But yeah. he could be he could be running for his life again all over again. Well, and taking that throw to now. Right. Well, if he can get to him. <laughs> um, you got another team? Got one more team? Yeah, I like Tennessee's. Okay. I like Tennessee. I don't know how Mariota is going to fit in with Wisenhunt's offense, but yeah. if you think he's a franchise quarterback, you take him. You know, and we can yeah. argue for days if he is or not. But um, you know, the thing is that maybe Wisenhunt can change his offense. You know, he's done it before. He had Roethlisberger. You know, when he had an offense built around him, then he had an offense built around Philip Rivers with a short passing game. So, you know, it's very possible he could he could work an offense around Mariota's skill strength. And then uh, I like the DGB pick, Doriel Green-Beckham. I really wanted him for Minnesota yeah. in the second, but he went way too early. Um, I know he's got some major off-the-field issues, but if you can get him settled down and keep some get some veterans around him, keep him in line, I'd do his Randy Moss 2.0, but yeah, bigger. Yeah. You know, That's scary. That's, gonna get, that's a huge weapon for Mariota right off the bat. Um, they got that, uh, how do you pronounce that, Jeremiah Putasi. <laughs> I probably I probably butchered his butchered name, but that, yeah, yeah. But you know, get some protection for Mariota. You know, boom, you got a weapon, you got him protection, and you got and they got David Cobb at running back because Bishop Sankey was horrendous. Underwhelming, at, <laughs> to, to, put it to nice say way. the least. Yes. <laughs> um, David Cobb, you know, he's not a fast runner, but he is a freaking bowling ball. He's yeah. like Mar. He could be Marshawn Lynch 2.0, possibly. Yeah, yeah, he could. I, I saw a lot that's, of good things out of him. That's that's probably his ceiling at that point. So it, I uh, mean, I like that it's clear that they're going. They they have a direction. They are headed. Yep. We're going to try and shore up this offense. We're going to get some guys to put on the front cover of the of the program. Um. I don't. I don't. I don't dislike it. I really. I. I don't. I agree with you. There's a lot of risk there. I mean, Mariota. They could end up looking back, and this could be a a Cleveland Browns level uh Armageddon for them if right. uh you know. Mariota. But there's one thing. There's one thing for ten that's going for Tennessee, compared to Cleveland. Yeah, they're not, not Cleveland. Cleveland. <laughs> and God doesn't hate them quite as bad. Um, fucking Goodell, man. Marcus Mariotto. What the fuck is yeah. wrong with you? When right? when for anybody uh, didn't watch or didn't uh, uninitiated, um, when Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, announced the pick, he badly mis- mispronounced the the name of the second overall selection and a guy whose name has only been said uh, on airwaves and by coaches and by everybody about six million fucking times over the last you know two months three months since we've been building up for the draft 
made him sound like an, an Italian noodle dish. Um, but yeah, I, I can't, I can't, um, risky, only thing I, risky no, is what no, I would call it. If it works out, you're right. Titans right. have a great, great draft if everything works out. You know, cause if they were, you know, cause the supposed trade that Philly ended up offering them was what? Two first round I picks. I don't believe that. I'm going to go I, ahead and go on record right now and say, I do not fucking buy that they actually offered what they, it was rumored that they offered because the Titans would be fucking stupid not to take that. not to take it. It was right. two ones. Um, um, Michael a Kendricks, ten, a top 10 defensive lineman, a Fletcher top, Cox, probably top, probably 50 linebacker and, uh, Sam Bradford solid. Was Sam Bradford also involved in it? I I, I want to say Bradford was in there too. I saw two firsts, Brandon Boykin, who is a solid defensive back, Fletcher Cox, who was a top ten defensive lineman, and, Michael Kendricks, and Michael Kendricks, who was a top fifty linebacker. All I don't know why guys. So that's three starters most likely for your defense, and and two first round picks just for and one I, pick. I right. do not believe that that was. I don't believe that because if they didn't accept that. And especially to go out and get two guys who you don't even know if they're going to work out for sure. That's I don't I don't believe that that happened. I don't believe that that yeah. was the trade. Just saying, if it was if it was you know if if that was legit and they didn't take that, you know. That's even that, more that they're going to have to answer for if this doesn't work out. Yeah, if it doesn't. Um, but I like I think Mariota can work out. Um, so like I said, it's going to be up to Wisenhunt to develop an offense around his skill set. Yeah. He's not the big armed. You know, gunslinger that wasn't Hunt likes, but you know he he turned it around for Philip Rivers when he was when he was offensive yeah. coordinator at San Diego. So we it could very. We shall see. Who had the worst drafts, in your opinion? Uh, well, I talked about Carolina already. I wasn't a big fan of them. Okay. Uh, San Francisco had a number of <laughs> questionable picks. I do not disagree. And I'll let you go ahead and do your rants. Well, I'll, I'll um, <laughs> real quick. I'm not going to do a full rundown on them, but I also liked what the Eagles and the Saints did in the draft. Um, yeah, I, I like what them, the Saints did too. The Saints uh, just, I mean, hell. They're trying to get this defense together. They're trying to get stronger at the point of attack at the offensive line. They threw a shit ton of draft picks at it. I mean, it, that's all you can say. I mean, they're trying. Um, I, I I like Stephon. I like the linebacker that they selected. I think he's going to be a, a real solid play guy for them. I like that they drafted an offensive lineman, trying to get stronger there. Um, the Eagles, um, apparently Aguilar from USC is a fantastic fit for their offense. Chip Kelly was really happy to be able to get him, and they got two guys who will most likely start and contribute well to the defense. I was going to almost put them in my top, my, my fave five for the draft um, with uh, Eric Rowe and Kendricks, the linebacker. Um, not Kendricks. Can't remember his name. Linebacker from Texas. Probably going to be in there. Probably going to uh, contribute well as well. Um, fast, rangy guy. As, as Amid rumors Jordan. that they might be trying to... Jordan Hicks. Yep. Jordan Hicks, yep. Um, Amid rumors that they might be trying to trade some of some more of their players because the Eagles are always trying to trade some of their players. Be- but because Chip Kelly, that's your reason. Over this offseason, the Eagles have done a really good job, probably the best job of any team, of addressing every single need that they have. They didn't do any big splash plays. They didn't do, um, well, except for the leading rusher in the NFL. But every single need and hole, every single glaring thing that was wrong with them last year, they have sunk draft picks into what looked to be solid players or they have signed free agents. Like, they've done the most comprehensive job of trying to fill holes. Um, and so I, I liked their draft. So, 
the Niners. What 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 didn't you like about that? Let's see if uh, we see if we have any common ground on what we didn't like about the Niners draft. I don't know about Eric Armstead. Yeah, yeah. I don't either. <laughs> if you recall last week, I we could have drafted Leo Collins, the guy who's being who's being questioned for murder right now, and I'd have been happier with that than fucking Eric Armstead. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, he took a five technique D tackle. Okay, but. Uh... What about your linebacker core? Right. Devastated linebacker core. Right. How about your wide receiver core that is in dire need of help? A little bit of a Cleveland Brown syndrome there in that yeah. we had two historic drafts of wide receivers in the last two years, and we have managed to take fucking none of them. Oh, that kills me. And I then... loved, loved, loved Ty Montgomery in that slot that the fucking Packers took and won't even use him. Anyways, go ahead. And we'll get to the Packers. They're next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jaquiski Tart. Um, Who? Never, That's exactly what yeah, I said. Yeah, I've never heard, never even heard of them. And so that, I think that was a bit of a reach. Well, probably not just that you've, I mean, hey, just because you haven't heard of a guy, I've done some research on him, seen his tape. Hey, I get it. Like, he has a certain attitude about him. He's a big-time hitter, um, leader, academic All-American. I'm cool with that. But... Who who was talking about this guy in the lead up to the draft? Like you really had to spend uh upper a second mid round. second round pick on this guy? What the right. hell is going on here? Like why Oh, oh my god. No. So you picked get... Armstead who might not even same thing with Vic Beasley. He might not even be in the league in three years, four years, when there was plenty of other options to go with right there. You take this tart guy in the second round who I think I will end up warming up to and liking a lot but not as a second rounder a mid second rounder when there were so many other needs and the wide receiver class was so good you still could have got solid offensive players I mean he's not even going to be apparently we're going to try and play a lot of big nickel where we're going to basically a 3-3-5 but the three the third linebacker is going to be a big safety Um, so we'll see how that works like I said, I could end up liking him, but I just don't like the value. The value is yep. killing me because there's no way. I just don't I just don't believe that anybody else was looking at grabbing that guy at that spot. Um, yep. Moving down the list, uh, I, I did like Eli Harold in the third. Yep, cause I did guy, like that. I mean, he has big time. He has big time potential to be a starter and a contributor. Um, that's like the that's like the reverse issue with the second pick is because that was a lot of value for him in the third. Yeah, well, that's what that's what's weird about about. You know, and like I said, when I evaluate drafts, I evaluate who is going to be out there contributing next year. Who's going to do that? Now I've been naming all these teams that have, you know, my three, my best teams had three guys who are going to be on the field next year, four guys who are going to be on the field next year. The 49ers are the opposite. They drafted one guy who's going to be on the field <laughs> next year, and that's not even for sure. Eli Harold, I think, could definitely break through to be a week one starter or at least contributor, but that's about it. The rest of the guys, I don't think, I, I don't think, I think Armstead will be on the field, but I don't think he's going to be a, a big-time contributor um, or a big-time player. That's certainly not worth a first-round pick. Not Tart this year, isn't anyways. Be out there, or well, he might be, but again, again, not worth a second-round pick. Um, I liked Blake Bell a lot. I like his makeup. I like his um, just how he plays the game and uh, all the different things that we can do with him. And I think 
adding him to the mix might um, might go ahead and maybe move us on from Vernon, Vernon Davis, Davis, which I'll be excited about. Um, I loved Mike Davis in the fourth round. Um, very hard runner. Got some burst as well. Uh, he was one of my favorite players coming into the draft, so I'm happy he's in there, but he won't be a starter. Looks um, like it could be a could be a Frank Gore 2.0 later on. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, Smelter won't literally won't play this year because he's hurt. We took a fucking punter when we have one of the best punters <laughs> in the goddamn NFL. In the fifth round, we took a punter. Hey, um, I'll, I'll send you a fifth for your punter. Right, and I need um, one. I do like I like some I kind of dig some of our later guys. Um, Trenton Brown out of Florida basically has his own zip code because he's so fucking fat. But <laughs> 355, I mean, he's a by huge the way. Guy and he can move. Six, so eight. I dig that. Um, and I Busta Anderson. Our I love guy, the name. Our, yeah. Our love the name. From South Carolina. I think he could, he could, uh, big time. If he develops, players who look like Busta Anderson, who play tight end or uh, a wide receiver of some sort, um, you see them making big plays in the NFL on a weekly basis. Julius um, Thomas. He's definitely point. in a Julius Thomas, Jimmy Graham Anto- mold. Antonio and, Gates. And he was a bad man at South Carolina. So I am excited to see him uh, come in and develop. But just all these guys, that's kind of the answer. All these guys are going to have to come in and develop. Like yep. there's nobody here who I can foresee next year being like, man, I'm glad we fucking drafted that guy. Um, except for maybe Eli Harold. If he works out and they can get his effort into line, he could be a nasty. At, but we already got Edge Pat. I mean, we have Alden Smith. We have Aaron Lynch. So where does he play? Yeah. I don't see him kicking him inside, which is where we needed players. Um, I just I, I don't know where they're going to put him unless they're going to move Lynch up to defensive end, which isn't completely out of the question. Um, a lot of questions, though. Yeah. Not not a whole lot of answers. Not a lot of answers. Not out of that a lot journey. of answers. None, we addressed, More questions. Addressed none of the needs we had. Not one single person in this entire draft was a need area coming in. Um Mike Davis, sort of. I was sort of thinking we needed another another uh, running back, but not this kind of running back. I was looking for uh, Jay, Jay Ajayi, Tevin Coleman, right. um, a fast change guy. Of a brain, change uh, of pace. Change of pace from Carlos Hyde. This guy we drafted is just basically another Carlos Hyde. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was definitely, uh, definitely one of my worst. My other worst was the Jets. Which is really odd because they had a big head start. I mean, they had Leonard Williams fortuitously fall to them at number six. A lot of and they didn't even they didn't even need there. another lineman. Well, I, you can never have too many. I, I, no, that's how I feel. I mean, especially but, on the defensive line when you can only dedicate so many blockers to so many guys. Right. Um, but they run a three-four, so it's kind of. They'll you figure know. out a way. They'll figure right. out a way to use it or to but have still, a rotation. But still, you got you got Wilkinson. Wilkinson. They might be they might be trading uh, Wilkerson anyways. They're in they're right. in negotiations to trade Wilkerson. So, but that's he, but even he, more. if they kept him though, you got Wilkerson, Richardson, and Williams. Like that is a scary, scary, scary three headed monster right there. But so I like the value pick on that. I mean, that is to... good. And that's why I'm saying I'm surprised that I'm sitting here rating them so poorly because after that they just reached bad the next two guys they picked might not even get on the field next year they might they both have huge bust potential uh ohio state's devin smith to me is another ted ginn um 
who is All speed. solid on deep routes, but those players yeah, are a dime a dozen. Ted, and they're all out of Ohio State. Ted Ginn, A.J. Jenkins. Um, yeah, that's all Devin Smith ran in Ohio State was yeah, just go routes. He could be he could be a nothing, a nothing player in a year, and they, they took him real early. Um, but, and then real, Edge, but really, who, who do they have to go deep, though, right now? Marshall's not really a deep. Yeah, Decker and Marshall, who do you need? Like, yeah, but Marshall's not really a deep threat, though, is he anymore? Well, I mean, I'm saying you don't. I don't. I don't think that's going to be too much of a. It's like they're going to be able to get things done with Marshall and Decker. Um, and I like that's that they. Nice I to... like that they added Zach Stacy in a trade mm-hmm. during the draft. Um, he could, if he can resurrect the the form that he had a couple years ago, he could. That could be a huge pickup for them. And obviously. Right. I think the other, uh, also another guy that they drafted, Lorenzo Molden, edge rusher, another guy who might not even be on the field half the snaps. He might bust out, and that was yeah. their third round pick. So their second and third round pick, who are supposed to be impact players, might be gone in three years because both of them have big time bust potential. Um, and the fourth, though, it did get interesting. Do you think? What do you think the, the chances are we see Bryce Petty winning out this this year? This year, uh, oh yeah. Uh, unless Geno Smith gets hurt, I don't. Who you they don't got for the so. back? They, you got faith no. like that in Geno Smith? Not that they got Fitzpatrick as their backup now. He's, you well, know, what is he? Is he I impressive? Mean, is he? Is anybody fucking writing home it, about? Oh, we got Fitzpatrick. Uh, we're ready to go. Not really, but I'm just saying though, if Geno flops miserably right away this year, they'll put Fitzpatrick in because he's at least a. Uh, how do I put this nicely? A somewhat steady presence, a game manager. Yeah, you know, like he's not yeah. he, he he won't lose you the game per se. I don't. Uh, know. I think I think Petty has a has a serious chance. I think I think if he outperforms in training camp, Petty was a sleeper to me coming up in this draft. Probably had one of the, the people say you know right behind Jameis Winston probably had the best best arm in the in the whole thing. So. I don't know. I think he has a. I think he has a shot. But I also. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think he still needs a lot of development because in Baylor he played with a one-read system, and yeah, that's what true. that what that's what that means is that you look at one receiver and you throw it. Yeah. You know, like you you quickly determine who your target is and you get rid of it. You know, and that's fine in the college game, but you know in the NFL that's not how that works. You got to have a quarterback that can make multiple reads in one play. And determine who the best, you know, who, where the ball is going to go to. You can't just take a snap, three-step drop, and throw it. You know that you can get away with that if you were doing you like know a. Who else you played know, a system like that? Geno Smith. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. That's we'll that's kind of the concern. Um, yeah. I don't know. He's he's a developmental quarterback. I don't see them going to him unless he completely wows at training camp in the yeah, preseason. Yeah. I mean, like it, it would, you'd have to do some serious. Um, developing real quick, I think, for him to be in the mix right away. Um, Geno Smith, I think they're still going to go with him for this year. And if he flames out, then they'll go to Fitzpatrick. So at least they can keep their keep the offense running. Um, that's why you get a veteran backup like that. That's why the you know, like the Vikings got Sean Hill, you know, for a backup. Yeah. Sean Hill's not going to wow anybody, but if your quarterback goes down, at least you got someone that can manage an offense, and manage the game for you. Before, yeah, yeah, right. Um, Petty will be in there if Fitzpatrick goes down. I think is the one, unless, or unless Fitzpatrick completely falls apart. That the seems too. Yeah. So I think uh, barring Wouldn't two catas, 
yeah, so barring two catastrophic meltdowns by their first two quarterbacks or two catastrophic injuries to both of them, I don't see Bryce Petty coming in this year. Okay. I'm going to send him this podcast. I'm going to link him to that's, him. I'm going to find him on fine. Twitter and be like, listen to what the fuck this guy just said about you. I'm not, I'm not Beat saying him out. I'm not saying anything bad about Petty. I think he's got some <laughs> potential, but I just, he's, he's got to sit for a year or two, I think before you even start thinking about starting him. All right. And that might be the best for him is to sit and watch. I don't know if he's got the best quarterbacks to learn from, but you know, it is what it is. Sure. Deal. Uh, pretty solid uh thing all around here um looking forward to starting the nfl divisional previews with you over the next few weeks um you know we never did talk about the packers oh yeah yeah, yeah. go for it go for it man go for it <laughs> i went a few of my friends are gonna hate me for this one but uh, he's like he's like i'm not letting it go i'm not letting the, no the, the packers the packers uh shitting on the packers i'm not letting this go by I love this, is it. A very, this is a very biased podcast from you from you ty oh i'm not even... has the vikings in his top four and the packers in his bottom four <laughs> i for one am shocked by this go ahead um randall i think is probably their best pick they took because they needed safety help in the worst way um so i'll give him props on that but quentin rollins rollins he's played what one year in college I think he played one year. Otherwise, he was a basketball player, so he's raw as hell. Needs to learn how to play the game. But that was their second-round pick. You know, like, he's a developmental player, and he was their second-round pick. Yeah, yeah. And then in the third, they took a wide receiver, Ty Montgomery. Who won't even see the field. Yeah, like, why do you need a receiver for? You have Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, uh, Boykins. I mean, you got four receivers already. What do you need a another receiver for and you take one in the third like I understand if you took one like the fifth or sixth round yeah. you know like developmental like oh we're just gonna build Especially you know like when your defense is sorry as hell like there's this and finally they started getting around with some need at four at number four um Jake Ryan not that big on him yeah I think he's got, you know, but he's a fourth-round pick. You can't really say bust potential, but I'm not too big on him. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shaking in my boots if we see him on the field <laughs> like that. And then in the fifth, they draft a quarterback who will never, ever see the field either. Uh, and might not right. have even seen the field even if Aaron Rodgers wasn't out there already. Right. Hunley, yeah, I don't – that was a really, really weird fit. I agree with you on that. I don't know how – what they do fits his game, and I don't know. I, I just don't know. I don't know what's yeah. going on there. Unless they're grooming him to be, you know, grooming him to be a solid backup, quote unquote, that no one's ever seen play, aka Matt Flynn. Yeah, yeah. And then they tr- and then trade him off for picks later on or something because yeah. someone was stupid enough to do it. That's the only thing I could see for that. Yeah. Um, that was I'm not a big fan of that. Then they got a fullback, which of course they needed a fullback, you know. I don't even know if they ever even ran. Did they even run an I offense ever last year? Is it either shotgun or a single back? Speaking of fullbacks, I'll go back to one of your favorite teams. Justin Fowler was one of my favorite players in this draft, and the Titans picked him up as well. So yep. that is great, another good great, addition great, to that team. Great blocking back. Yeah, for... great blocking, great receiving, switches back and forth. Um, yep. Can do it all for you. That was another really good pick by them, so. Yeah, 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 Titans. 
Um, yeah, but like, but anyways, why do you need a fullback for you? And you know, if you want to use a fullback, you got John Kuhn. They already got a good one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what was kind the of point a theme of that? for their draft? Yeah. What What do you need depth at fullback for? How many teams even carry one anymore? <laughs> you know, like, are you gonna go with the wishbone formation from way back in the day? Have three, four running backs in the backfield? I don't see it. Um, they picked a D end in the sixth. He's got value as a long snapper. That's that's a thing. That's solid. <laughs> you know. And then they got a tight end who's a one-dimensional H-back. Who might need to earn a roster spot on special teams. Well, they needed to replace old, old boy from uh, <laughs> the Seattle the, the Seattle uh, caper. The Seattle yeah, shenanigan. Who's, who's on Minnesota's team thing. right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah otherwise it's just like... Um, I didn't really know what the hell they were doing with this draft. Yeah, you know? that's... Um, and I'm trying I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. But no, I mean, you make valid points. Is, like, not really only their first-round pick made any kind of sense, like, at all. Right. You know, like, they, they needed a cornerback, but they took a guy that's played football for, like, one year. Yeah. You know, like, that's not an... Like, you, like we were <laughs> talking about earlier. He's fucking great up there in that secondary. He'll be yeah. able to just chip off the old block. Like, yeah, this is what we do up here. Fuck shit up. Yeah. So I didn't. There was just a lot of questionable picks here. Yeah, um, I think yeah. I think Jake Ryan and Demarius Randall were like the only two picks really that stood out for Had like a chance to yeah really do anything. Right, and I'm not too worried about Jake Ryan. So yeah, that's I just was not really impressed. That, you know, Ted Thompson's always been a big we developed through the draft, but the draft, man, yeah, I don't he, know what you're going to develop suckiness through this draft. Uh, yeah. But then again, the Packers whole I will, I will say this though, the Packers really didn't need a whole lot. That is true. Coming. That is true. So, you know, there is that, but you know just because of that, that doesn't mean you gotta go out and draft a shitty ass draft class, you know. <laughs> we don't need to think we're gonna purposely draft shitty people. Right. We're just gonna give everyone else a chance. Uh yeah, I just no. I, I as a Vikings fan I enjoyed seeing that and I enjoyed watching all the Packers fans going, What who the f- is this? Yeah, yeah. Why did we take that? I enjoyed every minute of it. So there, I get to enjoy a little bit of Green Bay Packer fan. You know, misery. that's like one of the number one, you know, things to to evaluate whether a decision you made or a play call or whatever like that is. What would the other team be happiest about seeing you do? That's what right. you need to do the opposite of. And the um, Packers pe- definitely made you very gleeful during this process. So. You mean kind of like uh, Seattle decided to throw the ball on the three-yard line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. The <laughs> team was like, please don't run this ball and take the lead. Right? Okay, we'll throw it. Here's your interception. Um, yeah, can't disagree. That might might be the worst the worst one of them all. I didn't really take it into, into too much account because who the fuck cares about the Packers? But <laughs> that's, I'm just throwing that out there because I know a lot of Packers fans uh, – listen to our yeah we got we got us we got a certain guy that uh, might well we got a, there's a few there's a few there's a few uh <laughs> packerites so right yeah i'm confused um if you dissent with minor ties take on the draft please hit us up uh twitter we will get back to you on the next time he's on i promise um or if you want to hear what we think of your draft class hit us up i am at m norcal capital m n-o-r-c-a-l um hit me up rate the show let us know what you want to hear on here. You want to throw out throw out yours as well, Ty. Uh, at at Ty Berna. 
There's no, Dude. there's no the equalizer in, in 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 his in his name on Twitter. Like I like I throw it out on here. That's your nickname for me. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> I've been watching a lot of mid '90s WCW. There you go. So, <laughs> I don't even. I've know. been I've been watching a lot of Lucha Underground. I've been trying to catch up. I was like six weeks behind, and I've just been going on a tear watching like every episode I can right now. I got three left to go, and I'll be all caught up on it for the season. Would you recommend it to our listeners? Yes. Uh, you're, if it's going to be different from WWE, I will tell you this much. Um, I mean, they still sell pretty good, you know, but you're not going to have guys laying around on the mat for five minutes, yeah. acting like they got shot. But you're going to see a lot of high flying. They still got a lot of power guys in there. Uh, they got guys like Cage, who was just a powerhouse monster. They got Big Rick, who uh, was old Ezekiel Jackson in the WWE. Yeah, yeah I saw him. But, I watched the um, like the first two episodes of it. And I'm I can't fucking stand my Matt Striker, so that um that was it for me. It wasn't good enough to warrant me struggling through Matt Striker. Um and then I thought about getting back into it and I saw this uh everybody was talking about this casket match. That was apparently the greatest thing that's ever happened. And, and then, it was fucking awesome by the way. It was and brutal. I shit. look at the highlights and I see someone going off the ropes for a suicide dive while the man is on the outside of the ring picking up the coffin to lift it to the guy to run into like that is easily one of the most illogical like he can see he can see you i can see <laughs> i can see you but... see me see you see him lifting that fucking casket that you are jumping into to slam your head into but that, that just, was kind of i can't deal with it i can't do it <laughs> okay other, other than that side but like it was kind of cool though they used the casket as a fucking weapon well, i'm cool like... with the fact that they found other ways to incorporate the casket but that sort of makes me feel like that was where the attention was directed there like Oh look, that's so cool! They're using the casket, but they're not. Nobody took into account the fact that the way some of the ways that they used the casket were fucking ridiculous. So, right. But then I mean, again, we're we're we're, we're, ta- we're talking about wrestling here, you know. Like you yeah. kind of have to take your logic slightly with a grain of salt at times. Well, to, to, to certain know. points, to certain right. points. Well, but I mean, other other than that, like I kind of had the same problem too. Like, why couldn't you see that happening? Like, other than that, like well, that he match, could. he definitely saw it because he was looking yeah. right at him. So I don't right. unless but, I, I have a blind gimmick. I don't I don't know. Does he? Well, you know the mask inhibits the yeah, vision. Must be what it is. Didn't see it out of his peripheral vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but otherwise, if you take that out of the equation, man, that match was brutal as hell. Um, That's what I've heard. I've heard good things. Dean Phoenix bled. Phoenix bled like he was out of the Ric Flair school of wrestling. Uh-huh. I mean, that was it was kind of it was almost refreshing to see it. Like, but it 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 worked well within the context of the feud. Like, um, Mil Mertes wanted to kill him. Huh? You know, like straight up. Like that was he wanted to brutally murder this dude. Like he was so pissed at him that he, he took it to that extreme. You know, it's one of those things. Like we always talk. You know, everyone wants to see blood. Well, blood has to make sense within the Absolutely. context. Absolutely, it can't be overused. You know? yeah. And in this, it did. Um, I mean, just yeah, Lucha Underground, man. I was, I grew up in the '90s WCW, so I loved watching the Luchadors and the Cruiserweight tried, Division. But that doesn't Matt Striker. Get him off of there. <laughs> get Vampiro off first before you get Matt Striker. Yeah, bro, bro. It's just a bro, 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 bro. dude, dude. Um, well, uh, if you can get past that, man, it's a great watch. Um, you get, to see, you know, they even got they got the women on equal terms as the men. A lot of great matches for Eva Lise and Sexy Star. Yeah, yeah. You know, the background segments are probably the best thing I've ever seen in wrestling. Oh yeah, they are. I loved those. I liked those a lot. I really did. I I can I can recommend it for those things. Well, another part of it too, and this is a lot of problem I have with TNA is I gotta 
I got to be made to believe that they're going to be a sustained, a sustainable brand over the long term. And I've been hearing some some bad things on that front for Lucha Underground. So, ah, uh, but it sounds like they're El Rey is pretty happy with them though. I think what, we shall see. If you guys I think want to know gonna... more about Lucha Underground, you hit up Ty on Twitter for that, not <laughs> me, because yeah, no. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, yeah. Sounds like sounds sounded good for season two though, but you know I I hope it keeps going. I think they're trying to get on a bigger uh, Spanish network right now or Spanish speaking network. If they get that, they'll have... they have. There's a lot of good concepts like going forward with trying to um, bring Lucha to, to America and get and and have it be uh, centric to um, the Latin community uh, in America because that's a huge demographic in America. So right. Um. The WWE is always trying to get into that, and they haven't had so much luck lately. Not, yeah, not lately. Definitely not. Um, Kalisto will be their next hope. Yeah, we had good good luck with this one. I think this is a a, a solid program, and we will be back soon in the next few weeks with uh, the beginning of our NFL divisional previews um, tomorrow or in the very near future. I don't know when it'll release, but my next guest will be the Shockmaster, and we will be talking about the, and fortunately for us, photographs of the Suicide Squad dropped today, and they oh, are fucking ugly. ridiculous, so we will definitely cover that, that'll probably be out sometime in the middle of this week, um, hope you guys enjoyed this one for your Monday morning commute, um, hope you, uh, please keep bringing the feedback, keep bringing the, the hitting up on Twitter, tell us what you want to hear. Um, thank all the listeners, and I'd like to let remind all of you that everybody's got a price. <laughs>